Hey folks, welcome to The Astrology Show. My name is Kira and I'm your host. Um, well, I'm just, you know, had just woken up after such an intense eclipse, the lunar eclipse in Scorpio um, and Mercury retrograde. We're in the middle of this retrograde in Gemini. Um, I'm certainly dealing with Mercury retrograde problems. I don't know about you guys, but um, yeah, Mercury stationed in my fourth house of home and family. And the plus side to that is that my family came to visit me from Pennsylvania and they actually flew in the day that Mercury stationed retrograde, um, which is funny. My family is very mercurial. We are all of our sinistry is through, well, we all have Scorpio placements, but besides that, we all have sinistry through sinistry through our Mercury placements. Um, so that's been really nice to have my family in town. The shit part of Mercury stationing in my fourth has been um, our landlords ordering all of these renovations and construction on the building and not telling us. By us, I mean myself and other tenants. So we've been waking up earlier than 8 a.m. to banging on the roof and men talking and screaming and loud trucks and all the things. And it sucks a lot because <laughs> a lot of us work from home and me in particular, of course, need to record podcasts. <laughs> um, so that's been very Mercury retrograde. But yeah, the cool part of this retrograde is coming up on Saturday, May 21st with the Mercury Kazemi at zero degrees of Gemini. And um, we have something really fun for you that day. We, we are hosting the Emerging Astrologers Summit on May 21st. It's an all-day event, totally free to attend. It's virtual, of course. Um, and we have five brilliant astrologers to present um, yeah, to present really awesome lectures that they've been working on. So yeah, that's something, that's something to look forward to for sure. Um, the Mercury Kazemi is always a really special day, I think, within its retrograde cycle. Well, for one, the retrograde Kazemi is the beginning of Mercury's cycle. So it's, that's a new synodic cycle beginning for Mercury. Of course, our first talk, um, of the day of the summit is about Mercury. It's about debilitated Mercury's neurodivergence and capitalism. Our second talk even has to do with Mercury as well, queering the threshold. So it's going to be a really fun mercurial day. Um, the chart for the summit is a Leo rising chart ruled by that sun, Mer Mercury Kazemi. Um, I'm really stoked for it. And I hope you are too. I hope you're going to be there. So like I said, it's free to attend. Um, and if you sign up, you register, even if you can't make all five summits and sit there in front of your computer all day long, um, you get up to 24 hours to watch each summit. So that, or sorry, to watch each lecture. <laughs> um, so yeah, totally free to sign up. Um, what you can do if you would like to help support the summit, besides sharing on social media and telling your friends, which is also very helpful and um, appreciated, 
you can um, sign up for an all access pass. And what that is, it's basically a bundle of all five talks um, with the slides and the audio and some bonus materials as well. Um, you get access to all five talks and you can watch them at your leisure um, whenever you would like. And that pass is how selling these passes is actually how we're able to pay the astrologers who speak. It's how we're able to um, run these conference or run these um, summits. Um, yeah, it's how we're able to keep putting on free summits. And let me tell you, I have about three more <laughs> really awesome summits in my back pocket that I really want to put on this year. Um, and yeah, it really will depend on the success of this one. So if you're able to, if you have the means to purchase an all access pass, um, you won't regret it. You get five talks for basically half off. Um, the pass is $65 until the day of the summit. The day of the summit, it's going to the price is going to go up. And then after the summit, the price is going to go up even more. So if you want it at its cheapest price, definitely purchase it now. Um, it's $65. That means you get each talk for $13 as opposed to $25 each after the top, after the summit ends. So yeah, it's a really great way to help support um, us, the 11th house and putting on these free summits. And it's a really great way to help support the astrologers because it's always fun to write astrologers checks. That's, that is what I love to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, sit back and relax. This episode is um, promos for each of the five lectures um, that we're posting this weekend. So you'll get to hear from the astrologers themselves um, talk about their practice and their lecture. I'm stoked for you to hear it, and hopefully it will convince you to sign up if you haven't already. Um, it's going to be a really great day, and you'll be able to, you know, just kind of nerd out with us. It's going to be really fun. Um, yeah. Thank you for tuning in, and hope you enjoy. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited for your talk as a debilitated Mercury person, which we just realized we were born like probably within 12 hours of each other, mm. <laughs> something like yeah. that. Or I guess a day and a half. A I'm, day I'm and a half. Morning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. So very close. We have really similar charts. Um, both have debilitated mercuries, but before we talk about that, um, <laughs> I'd love to, yeah, I'd love for you to share more about yourself and your practice and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Sarah Rubio Maya and my practice is called shadow femme. I called it that because I'm a queer femme and I just like putting different adjectives in front of the word femme. And when I started my practice, I considered shadow work to be like one of the most important tools and 
in my own healing journey. And then I think I also just naturally incorporate it into my chart work as well with clients. Um, but I'm an astrologer, human design reader, healer, and psychic medium. And I kind of blend all those things together in my practice. And I work really closely with my spirit guides um, throughout all my work. And they've also been helping with this lecture <laughs> as I put stuff together. So that's been cool. I've been one of my guides in particular really specializes in astrology. And, um, and as you said, I'm a Sagittarius Mercury. I feel like she has very Sagittarius energy to her <laughs> and I've been channeling, uh, messages from her. It's been really fun. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, yeah. So you do a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot that you do human design too. Okay. Let me yeah. not go off on a tangent there, but, <laughs> um, talk a little bit about your, your lecture. What's the title and yeah. what are you going to be talking about? Yeah, so it's debilitating Mercury's neurodivergence and capitalism, which I guess the title is kind of self-explanatory. Like I'm going to be talking about these three big things that I think are all related in some way. Um, as someone who has my Mercury in detriment, and it's also uh, in mutual reception with my Jupiter in detriment, I, I'm guessing it is. It's the case for you too, because we're born <laughs> on almost yeah. the same day, and. Uh, I also was recently diagnosed with ADHD after a lifetime of like not realizing what, what I was experiencing um, and kind of just blaming myself for certain shortcomings and learning that I had ADHD was this really empowering thing that helped put language to my experience, kind of in the same way that astrology helps you put language to your experience. And as an astrologer, I got interested in how these things might also show up in my birth chart. You know, I'm not, um, I'm not a medical astrologer and I'm also not like equating mercury and detriment or fall to neurodivergence, but I do think there are some really interesting parallels between a lot of the traits of just, and I'm really generalizing here, but a lot of neurodivergent traits, I think have like interesting parallels with, um, mercury and detriment or fall. And, uh, I think that both neurodivergent minds, and Mercury in quote unquote weakened positions can teach us a lot about capitalism. And yeah, and so in the talk, I'm going to be weaving all these different concepts together. And it's basically going to be a combo of like my own perspectives woven in with, as I mentioned, my guide, uh, Evelyn. And I've also been taking like each um, Mercury day the last couple of weeks to like sit down and and like commune directly with Mercury. And it actually has been really interesting. I have some like quotes that I'm going to share with people. And um, yeah, and I'm, I'm somehow the Sagittarius Mercury is going to bring everything together. <laughs> I've also been like looking at a lot of the celebrity charts and um, I'm basically, yeah, I, I think I'm going to embrace the Sag energy of it being like a meandering talk that's going to hopefully expand your views on these three different subjects. And uh, yeah, that's, I feel like I could go on, you know, <laughs> I could go on lots of tangents, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. I think this is, there's so many people out there who I think when they learn about their mercury placement, especially um, things start to click around like, oh, that's why I process things like that. <laughs> or that's yeah. why my brain, you know, works that way. 
Um, so yeah, I'm super stoked for it. And I think, yeah, going sad with it is a great, <laughs> it's a great direction to go in personally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. So, I, I was like going hard at first on the research and I was like, you know what? That's not my forte. <laughs> yeah. I'm good at the impressionistic stuff and, and weaving in different things. So, um, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. And, um, yeah, if, if people want to attend, uh, I'm going to get kind of witchy with it. So I invite attendees to also, you know, set up their own witchy space before they tune in. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to be lighting the candle, leaving out some water and like opening things with, uh, opening prayer and like, in, um, invoking mercury. And I invite people to, uh, get as witchy as they want and just lean into that. I don't know, dress up dress up mercurial like a scribe if you want yeah <laughs> lean into it <laughs> awesome yeah. oh, this is gonna be such a great way to open the summit too yay okay yeah. I'm super super excited <laughs> thank you um, me too yeah but do you want to let people know how they can find you online and learn more about you and your work yeah so uh, my website is shadowfem.com that's f-e-m-m-e and the best way to keep in touch with me is on my mailing list I'm kind of on social media <laughs> I was like thought I was off it for a while but I'm technically back on if you want to follow me I'm shadow.fem on Instagram and same handle on TikTok literally just got started on there but cool. yeah best way to keep up with me is my mailing list awesome yeah. thanks so much Sarah I can't wait thank you yeah I'm excited Hey Rose, how's it going? Oh, it's okay, Kira. How are you? Pretty good. Hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> um, really excited for your talk. I was so stoked to see it um, in the submission. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hear you talk a little bit more about that. But before we get into that, um, I'd love to hear more about you and your practice and how you work with astrology. Yeah, for sure. Um Let's see. I've been doing consultations and like producing a podcast with my bestie, Gala Mukamalova, who um, is also a poet and astrologer since like 2017, 2018. So I would say I've been in practice for about, this is my fourth year. Um, and, but I would say I started studying really seriously around like 2015, 2016. And then before that, like my dad's like an amateur armchair astrologer. So he'll like cool. draw really chaotic charts for people and then give them <laughs> wild interpretations. Like one time he told me that like Sagittarius could be like an eight legged centaur or a spider. And I have no idea to this day what that means, but there was like a foundation there. Right. Um, I feel like I'm mostly influenced by like humanistic astrologers and psychological astrology and like more modern interpretations that like bring in a more politicized lens. Like I feel like I, I can't totally dissociate into traditional astrology, though I have a lot of respect for folks who like really diligently study it. Like I totally get that. I just like, I can't do it. And for the communities that I'm connected to, I'm trying to find like what the third way is, right. And trying to find ways to help people find agency in their own lives and like not have them like having a panic attack because they're having a Pluto square coming up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. So do you do consults? Do you write? I know you do the podcast. You, you should name the podcast too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so Gal and I have a podcast called big dyke energy. I think we're like permanently shadow banned because dyke is in 
the name of it. Um, of course. But so that's mostly, I would say it's like humor with then like, we'll surprise you by getting really deep and in depth into the astrology. And we look at kind of pop culture through a queer lens um, and then how, how it kind of intersects with astrology. Right. So we try to find a way to like really just like braid together our interests. And then we're like, well, isn't that what a podcast is anyway? It's like, what can you talk about forever? And for us, it's astrology and that gay shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm allowed to cuss because I definitely am. Okay, cool. Um, so that's a monthly podcast that we have. And then I do one-on-one consultations and couples readings. Um, and I offer those on a sliding scale and then have like a couple low cost readings every month or so, just because like anything else, like I think that there should be access for as many people as possible. It feels really elitist to be like, no, 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 no. You can only like have this tool to understand yourself and your relationships in the world around you if you can pony up $300 or something. Right. Like that's wild yeah. to me. And like I've only had access to spiritual and healing work because of things like sighting scale. So it feels like important to me that that's woven through. Um, and then I have a bi-monthly newsletter. Uh, because I also am just pretty sick of the algorithm. (laughs) So I write in that. um, And then I've just started like dipping my toe into like workshops and teaching. But for me, it was so important to have the foundation of just like building a client base and seeing how astrology shows up in people's everyday lives and kind of nurturing my intuition so that I, I feel like I can be of like better service and can have a perspective that is not just informed by like what Dane Rudyard said 80 years ago, which is still really mm-hmm. cool. Like, I love you, Dane Rudyard. And also <laughs> people are changing and need different things from astrology. So I think it's our duty to change astrology with, with us, with the times, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about your, your talk. Do you mind naming the title and telling us what it's about? Yeah, for sure. So the title of my talk is Queering the Threshold. And basically, it it came about from a a few things. But the idea is, though culturally and spiritually, you know, queer people, folks who don't ascribe to gender norms have actually been around and existed and like participated in in many ancient... um, ancient groups and tribes and societies as like not only just being merely tolerated, but really being revered and being seen as kind of go-betweens. They're often, you know, uh, literal messengers from the God or divine channels. Right. Um, and so I've been thinking about that and thinking about the way that through colonialism and capitalism and like the Catholic church, like name an oppressive structure and it's played a part in this, these, these people have been systematically kind of demoted or forced into hiding and thinking about how in the modern astrological lens, the archetypes that we have to look to who kind of fulfill similar roles as far as being kind of outside of the binary and also being these kind of go-between figures who through trickery or humor or through their use of language or through just literally their positionality as somebody on the outside, they, they have perspective and they have a way of trying to balance the scales when a binary has become like too, just too uneven, right? When a power differential has been too grand. And so where I'm going with this and what I'm trying to weave together is the idea that 
because we have become disconnected from the people who already inhabit this in-between space, when we encounter these transits astrologically, things like Mercury retrograde or Uranus transits, particularly Uranus opposition, I think a lot of people don't have the tools or know where to look to navigate that in-between. And for me, like that is the importance of these dwellers, dwellers of the threshold of these folks who are living outside of the norm is that they bring this perspective. And if we can, you know, remember this, especially at a time when legislatively we're poised to go back in time, like Mm -hmm. quite a few years. um, I think that maybe we can all find our way through these periods um, with a little more ease and with a little more perspective and with a little more understanding that like, there's never just two ways. There's always at least a third way. And like Mercury is here to remind us of that. Uranus is here to remind us of that. And queer folks and people who live on the margins are also here to remind us of that. Like their adaptability is what has enabled them to survive, right? Um, And I think I also think a lot about the trickster archetype as an interrupter of the status quo, which is certainly Mercury slash Hermes, right? And is also, you know, if we look at mythologically, we only really have one myth with Uranus, but most archetypal astrologers associate um, Uranus more with kind of like Prometheus or Ganymede, right? And Mm -hmm. so those are also people who stole fire from the gods, right? Those are also people who kind of are trying to tip the scales towards justice and who are also kind of going between the prevailing power structures and kind of the pedestrian and sharing the secrets. And I feel like who knows how to do that better than the folks who've had to find a way the whole time. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Um, Anything else you want to share? Oh, I do want you to share where folks can find you as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, The easiest place to find me is at my website, which is www.roseblakelock.com. It's my name. Um, I'm mutable cross with an underscore in between the two words on Instagram. Um, And then I have my newsletter. And then there's also Big Dyke Energy, my podcast, if you want to listen to me and Gala talking about more queer stuff all the time. We do that every month. Uh, so that's that's where it's best to find me. And I am still taking on new clients. That is the bulk of my astrological work and, and where I really love to be. I'm still dipping my toes into speaking and putting together lectures and things, but that is where like I really love to meet people and work with them and where I really think that um, folks can gain an understanding of kind of the the liberatory potential of astrology. And and that's what I'm working towards. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rose. You're so welcome, Kira. Hey, Dina, how's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I like how we're both wearing green for Venus Day. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) As we should. Um, Yeah, super excited about your lecture. Like as soon as I read the title, I was like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. (laughs) So I'm so excited. Um, But before we talk a little bit about that, let's talk about you and um, your astrology practice and yeah, what you, what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm a consulting astrologer. I primarily work with um, more traditional Hellenistic methods, you know, but pull from every kind of different 
thing from what I've learned, at least um, I've studied primarily under Sam Reynolds, who is a fantastic astrologer. Um, and my, in my practice, I really kind of like to focus on people's sort of longer term stories and longer term, like patterns and cycles that are playing out and really like picture kind of the long game of different paths people are on because I think my skill lies most in that ability to kind of put the whole picture together and pull something clear out of it. So I really enjoy doing that work with people, um, both in a natal consultations and things just like looking, looking at timing for what's coming ahead. Um, I'm also particularly interested and really passionate about working with people in relationships and just thinking about how they're approaching relationships and how astrology can be a way to frame relating to other people, which I think, you know, kind of goes in line with my talk in a, in just the sense of, I want astrologers to be able to really like relate to all of their clients and be able to like have language and like just ways of thinking that can un- like be more understanding of people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you do client cult- consults, you write, do you write? You do write, right? <laughs> I do. I am working on, I put stuff out here and there, but I am, you know, I've got sort of things in the works to start publishing things online in some format more regularly. Cool. Cool. It's hard. <laughs> so, but yeah, talk a little bit more about your lecture and also um, share the title with us too. Uh, so um, my lecture is called Rethinking the Astrology of Fatness. And this has kind of been an idea that's been in my head for a very long time. I've also been in conversations with, you know, other astrologers and other people in the Twitter sphere who think about this, particularly um, Alyssa of Praxis Astrology and um, a Sea of Series on Twitter is another person who I've We've had these conversations. I think they're really important conversations about sort of how the kind of standard approach to things like weight and bodies in astrology can not actually match up to the lived experience of fat people in particular. So I wanted to use this talk to kind of offer some critiques of a lot of the standard framings and introduce, um, introduce astrologers to some of the thoughts and, um, frameworks exist in the fat liberation movement, because I think even many socially conscious, socially minded astrologers don't necessarily know a ton about, um, fat liberation and this area of activism. And even though I'm not an activist myself, I've learned a lot about this and follow people and want to kind of bring that to the astrology world in some small form. Awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like this is just so needed. It's conversations that need to be had in, in, you know, larger contexts really, because, um, it's stuff that comes up that people don't really talk about. You know, I have like, 
I have a, I have a friend who is an Aquarius rising with Saturn in the first house. And she's like, I don't really, I don't really know if this really fits me. Like I'm not really skinny. Like it's like things say I should be because I'm, you know, I've Saturn in the first and it's like, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem that people think that their astrology doesn't fit them because of these very narrow viewpoints on things like fatness, um, and other identifying, you know, aspects that we assign to planets and placements. So I'm super stoked for this. Um, and yeah, just really happy that you submitted, um, anything else you want to share and you want to let people know how they can find you? Uh, no, I mean, I just want to say thank you so much for creating the space. I know I, it's a really important kind of space and I'm really grateful to be a part of it. Um, yeah. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Adina rising, A-D-I-N-A rising on mostly Twitter and Instagram is where I post things. Um, and yeah, I also do consultations if you are interested. So yeah, super excited to get to speak with everybody in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Yeah. And just a little, a little plug, you came on my podcast way back when to talk about Jupiter. So if anyone's interested in learning about Adina's thoughts on Jupiter, we had a really awesome conversation with Nate Craddock. Um, yeah, that was a goodie. <laughs> so much fun. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adina. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hey, Jalen, how's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, thanks for being here. So excited for your talk for the Emerging Astrologer Summit. Um, but before we talk about that, do you mind telling people about yourself and how you use astrology? Yeah, so um, my name is Jalen. I am a practicing traditional astrologer in the Metro Detroit area. I'm Black and queer, and that very much informs my astrology and my astrology practice. Um, I am an astrolog astrological writer, allegedly, because most of it doesn't feel a lot of day, but I'm working on it. Um, same thing with art, allegedly. Um, <laughs> I'm also a lot a big the biggest my big focus with astrology is to kind of analyze how we analyze how we understand astrology through like a capitalistic and like white supremacist lens and then work to like use my knowledge of like my own ancestors and their indigenous practices. And um, even just like thinking about the world that we want to inherit or just like move into once, you know, everything is said and done. And then also like applying that to astrology, like understanding how we can like use that information to make astrology compatible with the worlds that we want to like, live in essentially beautiful what type of writing um have you been doing i'm curious is it like a, you know opinion pieces is it horoscopes and how can people find that eventually so i've been doing a, it's a lot of like critical academic writing which is why i'm like really hesitant i'm like mm, do we <laughs> more academic do we need more academia but i do a lot of like academic writing on um just the planets, also like devotional idea, devotional essays to the planets, just thinking about writing from their perspective or like addressing things, um, dealing with certain planetary deities, as well as like horoscopes eventually, and also like planetary prayers. And 
that will be available on my website and social media, Chalk of the Sky, chalkofthesky.com, and Chalk of the Sky on social media, uh, Twitter, and Instagram right now. Awesome. I, I think there's probably plenty of people who'd be super down to read that. Um, yeah. Say, what about your art? What type of art do you do? Um, also, like, actually, I do all kinds of art. That's more <laughs> all over the place. Um, <laughs> I do, like, astrological art, like, depicting the planets and certain transits and things like that. But I have to get better at being seen. And that's yeah. like, so... That'd I hear be that. Really too. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, yeah. Tell us about your talk, and um, if you don't mind, um, I don't say reading the title, but say saying the title as well um, of your talk for emerging astrologers. Yeah. So my talk for the summit is reimagining the planets through indigeneity, and essentially, like this talk came to be from like two different. I was in this. I was having like two different crises, like two different crises. One was like, you know, it was around 2020 when there was like this influx of like astrological talk and we were all really focused. A lot of like this, the astrology community was really focused on like understanding the planets from like a capitalist colonial lens. And I was just thinking about, it was really us as a community kind of like grappling with the Greco-Roman roots of astrology, like for like on a larger scale for the, like for, I won't say the first time, but like in a really large way. And a lot of like what was coming from that for me was just like a lot of crisis. So like, well, if this was like, you know, a Greco-Roman like practice, do I really fit in here? Or like if it's, if astrology developed alongside like Greco-Roman societies and worlds, can it speak to conditions like that my ancestors live in? And like ancestors as in, you know, ancestors who lived on, this continent, but also as in North America, um, or ancestors who were, you know, indigenous to their, um, or not ancestors who are still living in, you know, their indigenous homeland. And so a lot of what was coming up was to kind of like do more research on my ancestors, you know, both from the um, North, both who lived on North America and on uh, our indigenous homelands and see kind of like how they lived, how they interacted, how like what their experiences were like. And through that process, like while reading about that, I kind of like would see the planet showing up like very loudly um, in ways that we didn't like normally think about them because we're living like in the context that we're living in. And so like a lot of what this talk is about is thinking about here are here are ways that we, that like my ancestors have lived or different ways that we say or kind of like position our language or like values towards like wanting to move towards. Um, but we don't necessarily, well, our astrology doesn't always necessarily like include that because we're still like living within the context that we're living in, which is like, you know, colonialism, white supremacy, capitalism. And so like the big point of my talk is to like see and inter like think about ways of living that's been done before colonialism or also like before the, um, before like the major impacts of colonialism over like, the past few hundred years. And then also like thinking about how we want to interact with the planets, you know, after once all these things are like crumbling and have collapsed and then kind of like seeing what do we want our astrology to look like. And this talk is just kind of like a dip in the toe. Cause I'm just, you know, just getting started, but it's just kind of like a snapshot of how that could look or like what we could do and how we could like 
picture astrology or like the, our relationship with the planets um, through that lens. Amazing. I think that there, that that's a topic. This is a topic that's on a lot of people's minds. Um, and so I think this is going to be really, really great for a lot of people to hear. And yeah, I can't wait. Thank you so much. I'm super excited and nervous. <laughs> It'll be great. I promise. Thanks, Jalen. Oh, and remind us again um, where we can, you know, learn more about you, find on your website, your socials. Remind us what that is again. So I am chalkofthesky.com. That's the name of my practice or our practice, me and my um, ancestors. And then we can find me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at chalkofthesky. Um, yeah, you'll be seeing a lot more from me, I promise. Or you'll be awesome. hearing more. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Kenny, how's it going? I'm good. How are you, Kira? So I'm good. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here. I'm really stoked for your talk. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big Vesta fan. Ho for Vesta. <laughs> so um, I'm really stoked for it. But before we talk about that, let's talk a little bit about you and your astrology practice. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So I've been studying astrology for the past going on five years, I think now. Um, and it was a personal endeavor that I got into and then it became a career and a, a thing. Um, I'm a traditional astrologer with a more of a Hellenistic background. Um, and I really enjoy electional astrology and predictive astrology, timing techniques and such. Um, that's really kind of like my jam. That's where I get really excited. Um, but yeah, I just use astrology mainly to help people figure out who they are, where their power lies, where their magic is, and help them tap into that using their chart. Awesome. And do you, do? You, so I assume you do client work then? Yes, I am a practicing astrologer having meeting with clients cool. as much as I can. Awesome. Awesome. Um Cool. And tell us a little bit more about your talk, because that's a little different from just the traditional stuff. So I'm, I'm curious about that. Yes. So I have Vesta conjunct the sun very close, only one degree away. Um, so Vestal ideology, symbology has always been something that has been subconsciously within me. Um, but when I discovered the goddess asteroid Vesta, I was just completely just like enthralled it was just like she took me under her wing took me under her magic and um I just really want to bring Vesta into other people's lives help other astrologers start to begin to using her work in their practice and also help others get an idea of what Vesta means to them because it's such a weird asteroid that not many people have done much research in so I'm excited to bring some Vestal knowledge and some magic into this. Awesome. Yeah. Remind me the, the full name of the talk. Yeah. So it's called Protecting Your Sacred Flame um, with Vesta, the Asteroid of Desire. Amazing. So, cool. So yeah, you're going to be going through, are you going through like Vesta through the houses or through the signs? Curious. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about Vesta get her you know history out because I'm just a history buff I love talking about everything in the past um but yeah we're gonna be looking through Vesta through the elements um 
and through the signs as well and then also through the houses uh, and just how to embody and accept our true desire and also how to protect our flame and avoid burnout because I've seen a lot of people when Vesta starts getting difficult with like difficult transits and section their Vesta they sort of start to like dim their light a little or start Mm. to you know feel that um, adversity towards trying to put out their light so I really want to help people try to protect and honor their desires that they're trying to yeah, get awesome. trying. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I'm also a Vesta person. I was saying before we started recording, um, I'm big on Vesta myself. So I'm really stoked for this. And yeah, bring Vesta to more people. Um awesome. Anything else you want to share with us? Um not really, just that I'm like super excited to be presenting and I can't wait for the summit. And I'm just like so excited to be yeah. here to have this space. Thank you. I'm super excited too. Um, where can people find more of your work? Yes, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter mainly. Instagram at Kenny the Astrologer, um, on Twitter, Astrologer Kenny. And yeah, I mean, KennyTheAstrologer.com. That's where you can find all my offerings, all my blog posts, all my quizzes, and yeah, all the fun stuff. Awesome. Also love your witch, rich witch beanie. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> is that a Captolia? Is yes, that it Cap- is. Okay, cool. <laughs> Friend of um, the 11th house, Captolia. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Kenny. Can't wait to for your talk. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, Hope you enjoyed those promos. I know this is a shorter episode than usual. Um, And we only have one more episode left this season, believe it or not. I'm going to be answering your questions um, in a Q&A. Q&A episode. I'm just going to sit at my desk and pour through some questions um, that you guys have been submitting. And I'm really stoked about that. And of course, we have Norwak coming up so soon (laughs) so so soon I'm leaving in less than a week um and I can't wait so if you're going to be there I hope to be able to see you and connect I know we're doing an 11th house meetup while we're there and yeah there's just going to be so many I think it's going to be a really joyous occasion and I'm really excited for that but Before then, we have our Emerging Astrologer Summit. And again, I really hope to see you there. Um, Check out our All Access Pass before the price goes up. And um, yeah, hope to see you. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Have a good one.